Greetings in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Pastor Dwight Oswald, and today our devotional is titled, Boundaries of the Promised Land. Under Joshua, the children of Israel entered into the Promised Land and began the conquest. They came to occupy a large part of the territory promised to Abraham in Genesis 15, 18-21. But not all of it. Solomon in his day had sway over much of the promised territory, but never possessed all of it. It is noteworthy that the Jews have continuously lived in the land of Canaan from the time of the original conquest more than 3,200 years ago until the present day. At times that remnant has been extremely small, but through the ages there has always been a physical presence of the Jews in the land. Some have misunderstood Joshua 21, 43 through 45 to indicate that Israel has already fulfilled the land promises. In reality, what Joshua emphasizes is that God was faithful to his promise, but the scripture is clear, also clear, that Israel was not faithful to conquer all the land promised to them. This is clearly seen in the fact that a great number of passages after, after the time of Joshua continue to promise a future fulfillment for Israel in the land. Following the time of Joshua in Judges 2, God rebuked the children of Israel for not being obedient in conquering the land like they should have. Compare Judges 2, 1 through 4. Following the time of Joshua, Israel entered dark days of apostasy as recorded in the book of Judges. For a period of about 300 years, they went through seven cycles of apostasy, followed by affliction from enemies, followed by supplication, followed by deliverance by a judge. Whenever God did not have his rightful place, Israel suffered in relationship to the land. Then came the time of the kings. Saul was Israel's first king, followed by David and Solomon. After Solomon, the kingdom was divided into Israel in the north and Judah in the south. There were 19 kings in Israel. None were good. There were 20 kings in Judah, eight of which were good. David became the standard bearer of what defined a good king, as he was a man after God's own heart. Yet even David had glaring imperfections, and in order for God to accomplish all that he had promised, required a greater David, ultimately found in the Messiah, who would lead them in covenant obedience to God. In tracing the kings, we observe that every king who followed the Lord was blessed in the land and consistently enjoyed great prosperity, while those who didn't suffered the consequences. The extent of the land that God promised Abraham in Genesis 15, 18-21, by covenant, has never been completely fulfilled. Complete fulfillment awaits the second coming of Christ. God will yet, in the future kingdom, fulfill completely all that he has promised. It's as sure as God's covenant promises. Genesis 15:18. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. 1 Kings 8.56 Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. 
There has not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised through his servant Moses. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. This promise is really spoken to Israel. Now, there's application. People often apply this, and there's application. But really, it is spoken in reference to Israel. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. This is Pastor Dwight Oswald, signing off for now.